Hi, I'm Sean Nolan, and this is what I'm grateful for today. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with my friend Simon, half of the theatre-reviewing YouTube duo The Breaker Leggers, to talk about the forward motion of time, reconnecting with yourself, and the endlessness of love. Hi, Simon. Hi, Sean. How are you today? <laughs> How am I today? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I'm okay. I am at a bit of a weird, um, having a bit of a change of job sort of position in life where my one job is ending and my new job hasn't started yet, but I'm already getting work from the new job and haven't finished the old job. So I'm sort of a little bit stressed. I feel like I can't keep all of these plates like spinning right now. Outside of that, I also am appreciative that I'm much better than a lot of people are mm. and right. And, and, you know, they, they've got absolutely the right to not feel great at the moment because the world is weird right now and uncertain and stressful so i'm finding so much as better than a lot of people are and but also have my own stresses yeah that's fair have enough you? but it's nice at least it's nice to have two jobs though right better than it having is zero, nice i suppose to, i know right I, i'm not complaining about that and i really do you know have this acute awareness of how lucky I just generally am right now that because my day job isn't related to the industry which obviously the YouTube channel is and you know our hobbies are that I'm not affected financially by the pandemic and the associated lockdowns Mm. of society so in that respect I'm I'm absolutely fine good that's good I'm okay I'm actually I don't know why I'm saying I'm okay though I've actually had a really great week I'm in like a really good mood like highest spirits I've been in a long time but today is just one of those days where I've ended up being like meh I don't know why I think today what did I say to you before we started talking I think I said I felt really um I don't know what I said I felt like I don't know what I feel like right now it's really weird I'm in the weirdest mood today I've been in the longest time it's just maybe you no burn yourselves maybe burn yourself out slightly because you've had so much fun for the past few days and it's all been really good and then there's a day where it's just quite maybe like kind of a subtle day and as that's a true. result it feels in complete opposition to what you've had recently that's very true for context for everyone listening i spent like four days with my boyfriend these past few days i have another weekend of it coming as of tomorrow which having like a day of like resting today because it was like you know, fun times. I suppose in a way I'm a bit like on in a day in the middle of waiting for fun things to happen. But I'm also overwhelmed by how much good stuff I have to work on and stuff at the moment, which is lovely. I think I'm just like, just emotionally exhausted. Like, am I coming or going at the moment? I've got like lots of nice things happening in my life from all different directions. And I'm like, okay, which one do I do right now? Or do I actually just want to go to sleep? So I'm a little bit of a mix. Well, um, there's a, one of my favourite TV shows ever is a TV show called Dead Like Me. We ran like sort of mid-2000s, like 2005 or something like that. And the lead character in that in episode one says um, that interest begets expectation and expectation begets disappointment. So the way to avoid disappointment mm-hmm. is to avoid interest. So you're just having an avoid interest day because then you're not going to be disappointed by however that pans out. You know what? That actually sounds incredibly accurate. I feel like I'm on like a high and I'm like conscious of the fact that I'm on a high. So I'm like, if I do nothing, I'll just keep the high going and it will continue running. 
Maybe that's what yeah. I'm subconsciously doing. I'm protecting myself. That's it. That's, uh, we, we've nailed it. It's just self-protection. You put yourself in the bubble today. It's fine. Oh God, who needs therapy when you're at the end of the phone? Like, why would I, <laughs> why would I get therapy? That's perfect. Anyway, talking of things to be happy about, let's talk about some mm. things we're grateful for today because that feels like a good way to pick up spirits, even if I am trying to protect myself from disappointment. So why don't you kick us off? Why don't you tell us one thing you're grateful for today? Cool. Well, obviously I had a little think about this, but I also, you know, like gratefulness and what's happening in a certain day massively steers you know how you feel and can change on a day-to-day basis but I thought one thing I am grateful for today is time and specifically like the passage of time and the certainty that it only ever moves in one direction I think right mm-hmm. now there might there's a tendency to sort of dwell on what's gone before I know there's an uncertainty about the future but the certainty is, is that the future will come and things will change and I'm really grateful for that acceptance that I've got of do you know what it's all just a length of time. It's actually finite. I've got an appreciation for it. And as I've grown older, I've found an ability to sort of, I've come to terms with how time affects like me getting older and aging, because actually there's a huge amount of benefit in it too. And by that, I mean, um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. There's a lot of things, a lot of issues, a lot of situations I've gone through in my life, which now I can look back on and the space in between bad situations or bad events happening and now given me this perspective and then I've only have been able to come to had it have been for that passage of time mm. yeah it's a bit like this too shall pass which is something I've had to remind myself so much of recently in lockdown because I feel like there are so many times especially in more recent situations where which kind of triggered me to want to make this podcast to feel good about things is I I was so overwhelmed and I think I still am sometimes by the sense that we're in this constant state of stasis at the moment. And it does feel like we're going to be in this, are we going forwards or backwards for a very long time for the foreseeable. And that becomes very difficult to accept that times change and times move on. But one thing I had to take note of recently, and I actually recently wrote a few little cards to put on my wall to say to myself, like reminders every day. And one of them was that no matter how good you're feeling, how bad you're feeling, time is always moving at the same speed and it's always moving forwards. It just might seem different to you in the situation. And I think no matter what the world around you looks like, this too will always end up passing. And though the situation around you might not change, your mindset will mature and develop naturally in the same way that it would do three years ago or in three years time, just because life looks the same and weird every day at the moment doesn't mean that time for any reason is moving a second is still a second, no matter what year we're looking at it in. Um, and I found that really important to remind myself of recently, you saying about time moving forward and the passage of it and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things when we went into lockdown in March, I think, and the longer that seemed to drag on for, I thought this year would drag and would feel slow. But uh, do you know what? I think that the opposite is true. Like, I cannot believe that it's already October. It's like Christmas on the horizon. The year feels like a little bit like because the whole middle piece of the year became this monotonous monotone area um i've managed to forget about it because it was so beige almost i don't know how i've managed to do that and now it feels like because christmas is on the horizon there's something to look forward to in so much as 
you know, it's going to be a different Christmas this year, but it's always a nice time of year. And, you know, with, with our, our kids being on Christmas holiday and being able to spend some time together, then things like that, it's suddenly there's a bit of colour back, I think. Um, and so it seems to have switched from when everything was fine in March to, oh my God, suddenly it's Christmas. 100%. I mean, one great way that I've been looking at moving things forward recently is through comfort food which is the first thing that i'm grateful for today um not actual comfort food necessarily though there are some foods that end up being comfort foods but more comfort food for your brain i was talking to my friend kyle recently and he was saying when he's in a bad place the one thing he always does to come back to a sense of self is go and revisit things that he watched or read when that make him feel most like himself that he over the years has identified with or has influenced his personality or has been a major cultural touchstone in his life Unfortunately, for both of us, at the very least, a lot of that could be theatre, which we can't go and visit, though I suppose in the very nature of theatre, a lot of time it's turning over anyway. So some of the most influential things do end up passing. But I found that a lot with television and with music and things like that, going revisiting things that used to mean a lot to me. One thing I was really rewatching a hell of a lot of random episodes of throughout the very middle of my like emotional peak I suppose over the past couple of months was old episodes of Glee which was on when I was obviously like a preteen to the end of my teen years was majorly influential on the entirety of my life and I honestly have barely revisited it since it ended because it was very much like that was that part of my life I will now keep it in a box and not touch it but it actually felt like exactly the right kind of time I needed to go back and just revisit and come back to terms with myself and it was crazy how much re-watching episodes or random ones that came to mind and I was like I want to see what was going on in that episode or feel the feelings I felt when I first watched that it was crazy how much that triggered in me of this sense of self and this sense of like oh the world's normal nothing's changed because in some ways everything's changed and in other ways nothing's changed at all especially in your own personal life I think it's very easy sometimes to look out the window and be like the whole world is different who am I now everything's changed until you have those moments you sit there and think like I'm no different to who I was then like I can still revisit that person inside of me other situations around me have changed and they can influence me if I choose them to or you know whether or not I want them to but there is always that sense of self that's inside of you and I think cultural touchstones that kind of comfort food for the brain is always really healthy to go back and revisit um because it just I don't know about you but it feels like the tent pole that's in my life that I always can come back to and I feel really grateful for my love of culture as a result that I have that yeah absolutely and i think right now as well there's probably almost and it sounds a weird word to use um, and to apply it to something like glee which actually wasn't that long ago but there's a nostalgia about it Mm. and i think nostalgias are always based on a perception that what happened at that time was better in some way than now or at least in some way i think it's because that again it comes back to time a little bit it's because um certain things I mean, you tend to remember the good stuff, don't you? And, it, and when we've time, wounds heal and all of that. So if things probably weren't great back at that point, they had its own challenges and issues for you, but they probably weren't a lot worse than they are now. They probably weren't any worse than they are now because of what's going on in the world. And it's funny that you should mention, um, like, you're absolutely right with me as well, comfort food for the for the brain, um, not just for the, for the palate. Um, it's... <laughs> something that I've had an excuse to um, indulge in through my kids, through the Little Leggers, um, particularly the eldest now, Little Legger Lincoln, who's just turned 13, who has breezed through Glee recently, um, something that I, I'm, I'm slightly older than you, Sean, so I, and I was 
are much older than him when when I first <laughs> the, he he is now when I first introduced with Glee, but I've had an opportunity to vicariously and have an ex to live through them and have an excuse to revisit. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my oh, te- definitive of my teenage era, and um, we've watched that as a family. All seven series of that we digested in about a year. Um, now and then and now I am watching Ugly Betty with with Lincoln which was another show that I absolutely adored and I'm getting to enjoy it through seeing him enjoy it I'm getting to enjoy it afresh and anew and that's a great thing about having kids really because you no longer you, you you sort of you have this excuse to go to soft play areas of the mind and to go to playgrounds of the mind without feeling weird because I'd feel yeah. weird about doing some things that would persi- would look a little bit um, sort of adolescent, I suppose, um, if it wasn't for the fact that I was like, oh, I've got an excuse, I've got a teenager. It's really nice mm. to have that. That's brilliant. So talking about the kids, what's the next thing that mm. you're grateful for? Because I love the yeah, next I mean, thing you're grateful for. Segue, isn't it? Um, next thing is, and I, I think about this often on the school run, um, and th- that was this morning was a school run I mean we share custody of the little leggers but today I took them to school and I was thinking I'm grateful that my own children have the opportunity to safely express themselves within their school life and within the education system or certainly more safely express themselves and their individuality than I had Um, for me school was and I've spoken about this on and a friend's podcast um, come out. He has a podcast. So my coming out story took place at school and was at the era of Section 28 when homosexuality couldn't be discussed. Teachers um, would hide away and actively bury homophobia um, because they were, frightened, they were frightened to deal with it. So the bullying I experienced was horrendous. I think there's such an awareness now of people's individuality and a a a sort of appreciation for self-expression in the education system as a result of then not being um, Section 28 in schools, of trans awareness rights being, you know, um, more prevalent, of Black Lives Matter, of all of these things that schools are embracing when it comes to diversity and inclusion now. It just didn't exist. I left school, secondary school in 2001. And these things were just not spoken about. And now I send my kids to school thinking, oh, my goodness, we've come so far. People hearing about people going into school and giving talks on diversity and how important it is to be yourself and how and respect just seems like a different world and i'm so grateful that they aren't having an education in the world that i had an education in Mm. how wonderful to be grateful for something like that when the idea of going to school right now seems like ridiculous every time someone mentions me the idea of going to school i'm like gosh why would why kids going to school this seems stupid but then when you say things like that you're like wow how wonderful actually that children can be in that environment because obviously your kids with, with you and nathan like they very much live a a diverse life that's encouraging of anything like that anyway but then think about the kids that might go to their school or to any other school for that matter that aren't in a home that's like that whatsoever or don't feel comfortable being like that the idea of going to school must feel like 
the ultimate kind of respite after being locked in their houses for so long with those kind of people that yeah. it is beautiful that they can go to school and feel like they can be themselves or at least be told that being themselves will be okay one day you know like I understand for a lot of young people that they feel like they might not be able to do it right now but maybe conversations like that being encouraged in places of education and things like that will make children aware of the fact that like we said in the first point time passes and things will end up getting better you've just got to have faith in forward motion I suppose and acceptance of oneself yeah and it's the fact that education is more than the academic and I feel like is even more than the academic in the education system that my kids are in in 2020 because it is broad and in you know well more broader and more inclusive and and reflective of of life in a way that I don't think I felt when I was at school I felt that school was all about lessons and algebra and you know uh, the sort of the, the academia of it all and it, and my life couldn't exist in school but I just get when my kids come back and talk to me about you know oh we had this person come in and they were you know they were from a from prison they'd been to prison and they shared their story about crime and things like that I don't know whether it was just my school but in 1997 1998 those opportunities weren't there for me education wasn't about the outside world and society it was about Shakespeare and um, the net of a cube and all of none of the things that actually I perceive as to make you a successful well-rounded individual and appreciation of more than just prose. Mm. Well you saying about individuality takes me quite nicely onto my second thing I'm grateful for at the mm. moment um, which is individual thought is how I thought the best way to to lay it out and over the past couple of weeks in my life in a few different aspects I think I've I'd lost my sense of self for for quite a while and I think what comes with that is feeding from others their opinions and their perspective on what you should be doing because I think I'd lost my own sense of direction and maybe my own moral compass and I was very much relying on some close people around me to tell me what do I do in this situation what would you do if you were me etc and what I've come to realize is that when you do that people are mostly basing their judgment off of what you've already told them so you are essentially feeding into their opinion anyway because if a negative situation is occurring you've only told them about the negative for so long that of course their response is like fight or flight you know whereas yes. you know the situation is being nuanced yourself um, yes. because you live through that situation you live through that friendship you live through that work situation or anything like that and one thing that I've come to terms with after going through that process and kind of considering acting upon advice given to me or breaking off projects or things like that was that I have my own sense of independent thought and sometimes that comes to me and I feel so overwhelmingly grateful for that fact that at the end of the day especially when you are of my age and older I suppose you you are living your own life and I know that might sound so basic and simple to some people but sometimes I just need that reminder where I'm like I can decide what I'm going to do. Like, it's up to me. It's my life at the end of the day. And if I think it's the right thing to do, fuck what other people say about it. I'm just going to end up doing it. And I think yeah. that is, is really good in so many different ways, whether or not it's a situation you're coming to terms with or whether or not it's something about yourself or your identity, as we were just saying about, you know, people learning about themselves at school or, or things like that. Just coming to this realisation that, like, this is how I function. This is what I, my heart and soul are telling me to do. And I am my own person. So I'm going to go about and do it. And to be given the opportunity to have that autonomy, 
I feel incredibly grateful for because there are a lot of people who don't have the opportunity to have that kind of autonomy about their lives. And Mm -hmm. even more so, minorities and other people like that are definitely not afforded the opportunity to have those kind of opinions and perspectives on their lives whatsoever. Um, So I feel like there's a, I should feel grateful for the fact that I have that opportunity um, and ability to and I think it, it teaches you a lot about yourself when you've had the, the opinion of other people and um, the feedback you get from your friends is is brilliant. But sometimes it's very easy to rely on it as sort of an emotional crutch. As, as, and you've had Definitely. that taken away from you by not having as easy access to others. I know there's the digital thing, but I mean, let's face it. I don't. Well, I would assume I don't know about you. But we've noticed that at the beginning of lockdown, it was it was sort of fun and novel. And we were having Zoom calls with people and making the effort to stay in touch. And as time's gone on, that's lessened. Like, I, I do feel like I'm not putting in the sort of effort to keep in touch with people that I once was because that physical element has been taken away and it's not been entirely filled by the digital solution. Um, so you're right. What you've probably learned is a you can walk without that emotional crutch that you've had mm-hmm. and still be able to make rational and reasonable decisions on, on your under your own steam. And, you know, if that's a if there's any positive lessons to come out of this whole covid era, then hopefully that's one of them and one that you'll be able to carry on when things do return back to normal, knowing that it's nice to have people's opinions, but you can or also function and be reasonable and rational without them i think that's also the crux of adulthood at the end of the day that yeah, really is it, and I, read, isn't it? <laughs> I think I, I know. it is depressing but i read i read like a quote on instagram maybe or something that said like true independence doesn't come from anything other than when you're making your own decisions and you're not checking with somebody that it's okay to do it and i thought that's very true and i think that's a lesson that a lot of people of my age need to learn as they're growing up and maybe other people too that mm. that at the end of the day is the answer to independence and you don't know how happy you'll feel having done it until you've done it and I think then sometimes you act upon your own opinion and then you're like oh that really worked for me well done me I'm going to trust my gut from now on which is yes which is really reassuring but you're right some people may never may never get the opportunity to experience that because they come straight out of the home with their parents maybe into you know the education system which is in itself a bubble but has its own um sort of props and tools you know and and people and guidance and rules that are quite safe you're never truly alone and then you know if you meet your love of your life at university and then you get married you know your your independence does become shared you know Mm. so maybe people never get that so yeah how lucky that is that we can we can you know have that sense of independence Mm. right talking of people what's your final Mm. point you're grateful for today (laughs) um so my final point is is that um, grateful for the platform that we have, um, specifically as the Breaker Leggers? Now, we're not the, the biggest channel in the world. We have a fairly modest audience. But what we do have is an ability to show those people that we, specifically as an LGBT plus family, exist and are and have likes and interests and we aren't behind closed doors that we're visible that we are here and that we deserve to be seen and deserve to be you know respected I suppose like anybody else would in in the family that we are 
Now, it's not to say that it's a political tool because we've never seen the channel as something to uh, our sexuality and the fact that we are an LGBT plus family has always been very secondary to the content that we make, which is about theatre reviews. But we've always been unashamedly true to ourselves and who we are. And we've not hidden any elements of who of who we are. And I think that we demonstrate that there are many more important things that you many more sort of common things that unite us than divide us. You know, families could watch our channel that might be might consist of heterosexual cisgendered people within that family unit and suddenly realize that we this shared love of theatre and the things that we talk about and our personality types are recognizable and are um, actually quite approachable or understandable in some way and I feel really grateful that we get to be ourselves on in public in a platform that we've created and that it represents just much more than just the theatre the reviews that we put out there just by existing really and I'm sure we've been I want to use the word used but I'm sure that we have been co-opted in the past to promote perhaps even box tick theatrical production initiatives producers theatrical ventures um, to show that they too are diverse or they too are inclusive and do you know what if that's the case good that's absolutely bloody fine because we are just us and and uh, you know and if, if they want to sh- if they want to use us to show that everyone's welcome and everyone's um, included and everyone's viable, then that's fine. It's quid pro quo and everybody benefits ultimately. So that I'm really, really grateful that we get the opportunity to be the breaker leggers and have that platform. I have to say from a personal perspective, one thing I've always loved about you two, especially having become friends with you over the years, is that I have honestly never in my life known an, an, a gay couple maybe full stop, but definitely one that's older than me and one that's that's happy and in the least crude way possible lives a quote-unquote normal life. One that just is totally without comment. Just Boring. A, just a normal, or just a normal <laughs> life. You're just normal, happy people. And it's, I think that's, yeah. that, I've always found that personally a wonderful, a wonderful influence on me as a person is to know people like the two of you um, and to be friends with the two of you because it just kind of, is, is, is a guiding light in many ways. And I know that's one reason that grandma particularly loves both of you because she thinks you're both such a great influence on my life <laughs> that it says like that, that that's kind of, that's wonderful. One thing I'm always really conscious of is that a lot of people that are minorities are born to another minority. As in, if you are, this is me assuming these people even want to be labeled as minorities, but let's say women are a minority, you're born to a mother. Or if you're black, you're born to a black, at least one black parent or anything like that. The only minority I can possibly think of that you can't be born to is being somewhat LGBT because that isn't any way a hereditary factor. That's something that just ends up being a minority that is within oneself. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a result, it's very difficult to find role models or anyone to look at that look a lot like you. And that's why until very recently, until I'd met you guys, I could not have put my finger on a single gay couple maybe apart from other people maybe there was like a couple of people in my year who were couples but like as in I literally couldn't find a single other one in the in, that I knew of within reach and that has infinitely I think shaped 
the way I see relationships and the world is, is watching you two just being normal and happy and having a nice time. And I can't whatever imagine that the kind means. of influence on others. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that yeah. does mean. Whatever that does mean. I think it's important to say that we've not, like the situation that we have is sort of, a lot of it has just happened and it's, it's not been an effort to conform to the heteronormative lifestyle. I do think there's a balance in there. I do think there's some people that may feel a pressure to prove something in society by adhering to those norms and that isn't our motivation if that's someone else's each to their own that's absolutely fine if that works for them what we also do have is an appreciation for gay culture and i think there's a balance between you know having what is perceivably a heteronormative lifestyle i.e 2.4 children we're married we live together we have it all of those things but also an appreciation and acceptance that we we are gay. You know, you, we can't mm. hide away from that. There's a balance. We are different and we're not trying to not, we're not trying to look normal. You know, I'm not trying to be the woman in this relationship or, or Nathan, you know, whatever that might be. Um, there is, a, there is a fine line, but it just, it just happens to be that, I think ultimately love is love. And I know it's cliche for God's sake. It really, really is. And family is just about love. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Now, um, just touch on very briefly, because I'm sure we're running out of time. Um, I remember asking Nathan, um, he, the, Nathan, the children are bio, biologically Nathan's and the previous partners, but we were all co-parenting, saying to him quite early on, if the boy's mum gets with somebody else and there's another man who's acting dad in that situation, would do you feel jealous about that? And he said, would that person love them? let's assume that's true and I said well yeah yes and he said then no because you can never have enough of that no one is to dictate who's dad and who's not dad biology isn't isn't that much of a factor literally is just about love and as long as you've got love you can have a perceivably successful family unit which hopefully we are because we love each other and we love the boys and that's all that matters that's a really wonderful note to end on on that one. That's lovely. That's a really good way of seeing it. I remember when my sister was born, I was 11 and I've been an only child for a very long time. And the idea of my mum having another child and managing to love me still just as much made no sense to me because I was like, let's say she gives me 100% of her love or she's going to have to give me 50% of it now because another person's yeah. here that she has to love. And what I've come to realise over the years is that is not true, that there is like an there is no too much. Love it's not a finite give. resource. You keep adding so it. You just keep don't adding get rid it. Of don't it. You? Yeah. Yeah. You just keep adding it. It doesn't go. You just keep adding to it. And I think that's wonderful. And what you say about a about a true family unit, that's so true. That you know, there isn't enough love to go around. So keep it coming. The more the merrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So to go to my final thing I'm grateful for, which feels much less sentimental now that we've had that wonderful <laughs> note. Well, people um, have been sick at mine, so please just like lighten yeah, the so mood. Yeah, so if you're sick and tired of love, we'll talk about something <laughs> much more tame. And mine is my sense of curiosity. Um, I'd always say I'm a very curious person and I'm very open to new things and new challenges and things like that. Granted, sometimes change overwhelms me in more recent times, but um, definitely on a superficial level, the idea of curiosity has always guided me through. And the reason I'm really grateful for it right now is because it does mean that even if I feel bored, which is something I very, very rarely feel, or if I feel bored by my situation, I never have a true excuse to feel bored because there are always things that I want to try or that I want to do or that I'm open to trying out or things like that. And that 
really works well for me in so many different factors not only when we have so much spare time now so I'm like okay I'll try that or I'll try that or I'll be interested in this or things like that I also think about coming back to relationships my boyfriend is particularly obsessed with Arsenal in the same way that I'm interested in the theatre he's interested in football and Arsenal which is the idea of like isn't that crazy for me like what (laughs) what but the fact that I have become genuinely intensely curious about everything to do with that I think says quite a lot about my personality. Him too, very interested and curious in my situation, 100%. Please tell me. The first first thing you said when he said he was a football fan was, you know, there are football musicals, right? And like immediately (laughs) play like a bend it like Beckham. I haven't even crossed that that barrier yet. That's such a good That's how you bridge the gap, Sean, between your passion and his. It's it's Bend Bend It Like like Beckham Beckham cast recording and um, Beautiful Game. That's what it is. I mean, Bend It Like Beckham Musical is genuinely one of my favourite shows I've ever seen. So I think actually this is this is this is really it. And you know what? We actually have watched a few Gurinder Charter films. We haven't watched Bend It Like Beckham. So I feel like that's it. Wow, you've just solved my whole relationship. (laughs) But saying that about curiosity, it's those kind of things that really end up making me feel grateful recently. Um, Just because it works in so many different facets of my life, and I've come to realise. I think I came to realise it a lot recently when thinking about what works in a relationship and things that work really well at pulling you together is if you're both curious people, no matter how many differences you 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 have and how little common interests you have, which between the two of us is, is a hell of a lot. We, do, we have very few common interests on a superficial level. But the curiosity is what ends up keeping that okay is because you're just curious to understand new things and new experiences and give anything a go. That works really well in that situation, as I say, but also on my own and things like that and and with friends and other bits yeah. and I think it's kept me really entertained at a time when being closed-minded would really have driven me even more insane than life has recently yeah absolutely and I think the, the, the curiosity thing is like it maybe it's been unlocked in some people and or brought to the forefront because I think that routine and and this and the busyness that we have in life sometimes is a real barrier to curiosity because you don't have the time to take on new experiences or you don't make the time I was thinking there's things I've um partaken in watched um done differently that had things have carried on in the world in 2020 that they were last year I just wouldn't have had the time for I'm so caught up in theatre and that being so consuming in in my curiosity in my theatre's a bit of a weird one really because it is a gateway to a lot of subjects and topics and and an open-minded sort of a medium that's very thought-provoking so maybe not so much with theatre but I can imagine if somebody lives eats sleeps and breathes something I don't whatever that thing is and then that thing isn't available anymore their curiosity and their ability to have new experience suddenly opens up to them you know it it becomes something that's new things are accessible and curiosity might have been stunted by the familiar by the safe by the the um just the comfort of the already known and when that comfort blanket is ripped away you have no choice but to be open to different experience and curious about them i would imagine well i feel so much better after having had this conversation i feel that total high is back again in my body so i'm very glad we had it I like to think that this um, the, the, the meh about your day you thought you were going to have hasn't 
hasn't happened because it was all just coming to this this you were just it was anticipation you were just so looking I was forward building to up point. to this moment everything beforehand right. seemed seemed gray and boring because you knew that this moment was going to be the highlight of the day that's why this I is hope. my bc <laughs> this is my bc of is the it? day we're now ad that's of it. my day 100 ad of your day AD of your well day. thank you very much simon i've really appreciated it no, absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to hearing what other people have got to be grateful for in your future episodes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Our theme music is by the stupendous Emma Thorpe. Our artwork is by the irreplaceable M Jenkins. And our producer is little old me. See you next time.